The following is a presentation from WDEV Radio. Fast paced. I don't even know what to say about the Red Sox anymore. Honestly, I need to stop giving Sox predictions. Opinionated. Justin Fields will make the Patriots regret choosing Mac Jones. You just wait for it. To the point. The Pats are a run first team. Period. End of story. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Brady Farkas Show right here on a Labor Day Monday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. I'm working today. Evidently, the Red Sox decided to take a half day today. Red Sox played real well for about an hour and a half and then decided to just completely bleep themselves for the next three and a half hours. I don't know what we just watched, listened to, or witnessed because that is the drunkest regular season baseball game I can remember. I'm sure there's been one drunker, but it's not immediately coming to mind right now. That Red Sox game decided to take the holiday, start drinking at about 11 a.m., and is now passed out in its bed. That game was absurd. And I don't want to bury the lead here. Okay, I don't want to bury the lead, so I'm going to say this crystal clearly. Although that game was entertaining, although to the third-party viewer that was a fun baseball game, this was a completely inexcusable loss for the Red Sox. And it was an embarrassing loss that has real-life consequences. The Red Sox had a chance to take over the top spot in the American League wildcard race because the Yankees lost earlier today and the Sox couldn't capitalize. And the Red Sox are now just two and a half games up for the second wildcard spot, and that could fall to two if Seattle were to beat Houston tonight. That's a tall ask of Seattle, but if they can beat Houston, the Red Sox lead will be shrunk to two. I don't care that it was entertaining. I don't care that overall it was fun. It wasn't fun to me, and it wasn't fun to them, and it wasn't fun to you. The Red Sox were 21-0 this year when they had a lead of six-plus runs at some point. When leading by six or more runs, the Red Sox were 21-0, and they just blew it. They blew it. They blew a multitude of opportunities. They blew an opportunity to take over the top spot in the wild card race, and they blew an opportunity to at least hold serve in the battle for the second wild card spot. And you know what? At this time of year, as the number of games start to dwindle and the calendar flips, sometimes it's equally as important to not lose ground as it is to actually gain ground or separate. Toronto won today. They've already gained ground. They're three back of you. Seattle can win today. They could get to two back of you. This was an unbelievably embarrassing loss. How we got to this loss was completely unfathomable. You had Chris Sale pitching, and the Red Sox were up 7-1 to one early. It's 7-1. to one. 
and Chris Sale is pitching, and somehow you lose that game. If you missed it, it was five hours. It was a five-hour marathon of complete insanity. Chris Sale's pitching, you're up 7-1, to one, you blow it. Evidently, at some point, it gets to 7-6. Red Sox get back up 8-6. Then it's 8-7. Then the Red Sox are up 9-7. Then Nelson Cruz hits a homer in the 8th to make it 9-8. And then in the top of the ninth, we get an inside-the-park home run that ties the game by uh, Austin Meadows. Look, we've got a zillion highlights that the Red Sox just sent us. Let's see where that one is. Uh, it's like one of 187 of them. Let's see. Do we have it here? There's 26 highlights here that they've sent to us, and evidently that's not one of them. So, okay, we're looking for it, though. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Swinging a shot to center field and deep. Verdugo going back, back to the center field wall. Jumps, can't get it. Over his head. This is going to be a triple. And backed up there by Iglesias. And rounding third, they're going to send him home. Here comes the throw, gets away from the cutoff, man, and he scores. The game is tied at nine. So that tied it at nine in the ninth. Okay, Austin Meadows inside the park home run. The inside the park home run to tie the game in the ninth is the first inside the park home run of the ninth inning of a game since 2008. It's been 13 years since somebody did what Austin Meadows did, hit an inside the parker in the ninth inning. When you have Chris Sale pitching and you have a six-run lead, you cannot find a way to blow it, and the Red Sox did. They blew it with their defense. They blew it by taking their foot off the gas pedal offensively, and they blew it with their bullpen. The Red Sox blew this in a multitude of ways, defense being clearly the biggest culprit, but it's a game that you just can't lose. You can't. And there's one moment in this game that stands out to me and really bothers me. Okay, Defense was horrible. Bullpen blew it. But there's one offensive moment that really stands out to me. Alex Cora has been great for the last week plus. This COVID outbreak has decimated this team. I don't want to lose sight of that. Alex Cora has done a great job navigating the ship. But what Alex Cora called for in the bottom of the ninth inning today, I did not agree with. Here's the scenario. It's 9-9, bottom of the ninth. Travis Shaw leads off with a double. They walk Alex Verdugo. It's two on, nobody out, and Christian Vasquez is at the plate. Vasquez takes a swing on the first pitch, swings and misses, I believe. Second pitch, he bunts, pops it up, catcher catches it. Now it's first and second one out. I love small ball as much as anybody. I would not have bunted Christian Vasquez there. They tried to bunt Vasquez, and it backfired on them. I would not have done that. Vasquez had just homered off Colin McHugh last week, okay, and if you look at where the Red Sox were in the order and the order that they're playing with, Vasquez was like the only regular up for the foreseeable future. I would have let him hit in that scenario. Instead, he gets out on the bunt, and Jonathan Arauz hits into a double play, and the inning is over. Okay, If Vasquez screws it up as he did, the following order is 
Arauz, Taylor Motter, and Jose Iglesias. It's one thing to bunt if you're passing it off to Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, and J.D. Martinez. It's another thing to bunt when it's being passed off to Jonathan Arauz, Taylor Motter, and Jose Iglesias. Out of that foursome, Vasquez is the guy I would want to swing. And they took the bat out of his hand to get to lesser players. And then fast forward it even more. Play it out in your mind. Let's just say Vasquez gets it down. It's second and third, one out. Well, Arauz, I would say, is the next best hitter in that group. They'd probably intentionally walk him to load the bases with one out, and then you'd be passing the buck to Taylor Motter and Jose Iglesias. So you're taking the bat out of, in that scenario, or even if it worked, you take the bat out of Vasquez's hands and Arauz's hands. I didn't like the decision. Again, when you have a six-run lead and you blow it, when you make four errors, when your bullpen gives up multiple home runs, you've lost the game for more reasons than offense. That one play, that one decision by Alex Cora does not ruin the game for you. But it ruined that moment, as far as I'm concerned. The Napa-Morrisville-Napa-Waterbury text line is open, 802-585-3026. Again, that's 802-585-3026. Red Sox lose 11-10. They are now, again, a half game behind the Yankees and two and a half up on Seattle. But Seattle is set to play tonight in a game against Houston. Something else that I took umbrage with today is a question that Will Fleming, friend of the show, we like Will Fleming. We're a pro-Will Fleming show here. But a question he asked Will Venable today in the post or in the pregame show, rather, that you heard right here on WDEV. He asked him something to the effect of when Will Venable was sitting in for Alex Cora in that pregame interview. He asked him something of the you know to the effect of Hey, this COVID scenario is obviously not ideal. But is there any part of you that sees it as a fun challenge to try to win against all these obstacles? I took umbrage with that question. I didn't particularly like that question. I think Will is really good. I don't think that was really good. Okay, I kind of get the nature of it. Like, hey, coaches like building and tinkering, so is this kind of a way for you to figure out how to get through and put the puzzles in a different place. Like I kind of get the nature of it, but I don't think any of this is fun. Like what part of the last week to 10 days could be fun for the Red Sox coaching staff? I don't think it's fun to worry about your player's health. Obviously, I think everyone would agree with that. I don't think that's fun, worrying about who's sick. And I don't think it's fun to be in the midst of a playoff race without your starting shortstop, without your preferred starting center fielder, without your preferred starting second baseman, without your top lefty reliever for a long time in Josh Taylor, without Nick Pavetta, a starting pitcher, your top prospect who's on the team right now in Jaron Duran. I don't think any of that is fun to go into a playoff race and play with one arm tied behind your back and about three fingers on the other hand tied behind your back. The Red Sox aren't playing with a full deck right now 
and on September 6th, I don't think that's fun. This would be one thing if this had been April 10th. It'd be another if it was June 1st, but it is September 6th. And the Red Sox are playing with the deck now stacked against them right now. I don't think it's particularly fun to have to have Alex Verdugo in center field in key moments when you'd rather have Kike Hernandez or Jaron Duran out there probably. Look, the defense, particularly Verdugo today, shot the Red Sox in the foot. There was that play by, you know, misplay by Verdugo that allowed for the uh, infield home run to, or uh, inside the park home run to Meadows. And then earlier in the game, we had the misplay by Verdugo on the Nelson Cruz ball. So the bases were loaded. Okay, remember this. The bases were loaded for Minnesota, or for uh, Tampa Bay, rather. Nelson Cruz used to play for Minnesota. So it was 7-1 Red Sox. Bases were loaded, and Nelson Cruz was up against Chris Sale. And, and pardon me here as I'm trying to find all the highlights here, and they're not in particular order. So we're trying to figure this out here as we go. Uh, you know, that, that That is the one thing here of the uh, post-game show. You know, when you do the show right after the show, you know, everything's a little bit of disarray. So we're working on finding it. We're working on getting it right now. But the Red Sox, let's see, do we have it yet? No? Okay. All right. Well, we're working on finding it. But nonetheless, the Red Sox were up 7-1. Bases were loaded. Nelson Cruz hit a fly ball to center field. It was deep. It was catchable. Verdugo muffs it. And then Cruz ends up coming in to score. And that ends up being, uh, you know, a 7-5 game. And that's what made the game a game. It was inexcusable. It was inexcusable the defense that the Red Sox played today. I don't think that any of that, having to do any of that, is fun. 802-585-3026. Unnamed texter. What an embarrassing loss today. Can't believe they blew it. How the hell do you get an inside-the-park home run in Fenway? You know, I, I've i seen inside-the-park home runs in Fenway when you hit it to dead center, but a little bit to the right field side of center, and it gets stuck in that triangle and bounces around. I don't know that I remember an inside-the-park home run where it's just hit to dead center. So this ball by Meadows, dead center. Verdugo goes to the wall, jumps for it. It hits the wall, caroms all the way back to the point where Iglesias, who's playing shortstop, has to run out to try to get it. You know, he's the guy. I mean, where is Renfro in that scenario? But Iglesias gets it. He's got to throw it into the infield, and then it kind of gets you know screwed up further. And then there were other defensive miscues. I mean, Renfro you know, throwing to the plate, not hitting the cutoff man, letting guys take extra bases. Modder airmailed uh, a ball. That was it. So Verdugo on that triple, it was the uh, cruise ball, dead center. Verdugo then gets it in, and uh, then – Modder has it, and he overthrows third base, trying to get Cruz, and Cruz gets to come home. I mean, it's, so it's just it's it was bad baseball. It was sloppy baseball after the Red Sox got up seven to one. And no, I don't think that any of this is particularly fun. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVRadio.com. That's enough on the Red Sox for right now. I'm still gathering all of my thoughts here on the Red Sox, but I have to walk away from them momentarily when we come back it is week one officially of the nfl season the patriots are getting ready to play the dolphins but it looks like the dolphins are also having covid issues this thing is not going away that's next on dev 
Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. All right, welcome back. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Well, now I know why we couldn't find the misplay there by Verdugo. We get the highlights every day. It says there's 27 of them. Well, we only have 18 of them. So I guess uh, that misplay on the cruise ball was one of the nine that we don't have. So... There you go. So that's so it wasn't it wasn't our staff's fault. It was well someone else's fault. Pass the blame off on that. It is the Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Again, the Red Sox lose today by a score of eleven to ten. As a result, very short show today. We were gonna have Dave Schultz, Alabama football expert, on with us to talk about Cam Newton, Mac Jones, and uh and Tua Tagovailoa as we head into week one of the NFL season. Dave not going to be with us live. Instead, we taped the interview, and that interview is available on the Brady Farkas Show podcast channel. So you're going to want to um, download that, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Dave Schultz, Alabama football expert, was with us earlier by tape, so we put the interview up already. We do have Bob Sosi tomorrow, the voice of the Patriots, so he'll be with us every single Tuesday throughout the Pats season. He'll be with us at 545, even though tomorrow is a short show. Bob Sosi will be with us live at 545. COVID is not going away. We know it's not going away in life. It's not going away in sports, and it's going to continue to impact sports seasons right now it's impacting the Red Sox as we speak and it's going to impact the NFL as we get ready to embark on a football season COVID is going to get in the way and it is going to change the balance of things around the league okay Patriots are taking on the Dolphins coming up on Sunday six days from now uh yes six days from now Dolphins tight end Adam Shaheen and starting left tackle Austin Jackson are away from the team right now and on the COVID list. Now, how long they are out depends on their vaccination status, but there is a chance that both players could be out for the opener, and that underscores what we just said a moment ago. COVID is going to impact this season. We thought that vaccines may make this season more seamless than last year. It isn't. And there's going to be issues, okay? For the Dolphins' sake, you better hope that both those players are vaccinated because if they are, they have an opportunity to come back. If they're not, they're likely out for the season opener. That would be a good tight end, and you're starting left tackle against the Patriots' pass rush. That would give the Pats a big-time advantage if those Dolphins' players are out. Being vaccinated is a competitive advantage. We can say all this stuff about, oh, it's my choice, it's personal choice, it's my freedom. That's all true, and the league does not mandate it for players. That's true, too. But being vaccinated is a significant competitive advantage. If these players from Miami are unvaccinated in the same way that Cam Newton was, they're out a minimum of five days. Okay, They're out a minimum of five days. If they test positive, they're out longer. If they're just a close contact, they're out a minimum of five days, and that takes you until Saturday, and then maybe they can clear the protocol in time for Sunday. But if they are not vaccinated, there's a real chance they miss the opener. And if they're positive, then they're definitely missing the opener. Okay, 
it's certainly a competitive advantage to be vaccinated. Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL general manager, said as much today on ESPN. Unvaccinated players that come in close contact and never test positive are out for five days. And that's really remarkable when you think about it. Um, you know, we could talk about the science or the data about getting vaccinated. And look, it's a personal choice. But not only with players that are vaccinated potentially testing positive, if I was with the team right now, I would be much more concerned about any unvaccinated player. Because, again, if you're not vaccinated and you come in close contact, even if you test negative, you're out for five days. Huge competitive advantage to be vaccinated. We have seen already that there is going to be an impact on this season. It may have cost Cam Newton his job. At some point, it could have cost the Patriots a game if Cam had been there and wasn't able to play. The Cowboys are out all pro tackle Zach Martin. He's not going to play on Thursday night against uh, against the Bucks because of COVID protocol. So this thing is going to impact you. Whether you are a fan of a team, you play fantasy football, or you gamble, your season is going to be impacted by what's going on with the coronavirus. It is not going away, and it's impacting sports all across the landscape. Georgia football's got three or four positives, and head coach Kirby Smart says, I'm more worried about COVID now than I ever was based on how it's impacting our program. So it is not going away. We want it to be gone. At times it feels like it's gone, but it's going to keep impacting our favorite sports. The Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Unnamed texter on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. The Patriot defense will be the defining factor of their success this year. Hmm. Defining factor. The defense is going to be the better unit. But I don't know that you can say it's the defining factor. They're going to lean on the defense, but also the run game. The defining factor, as it is for all NFL teams, will be the quarterback. Does the quarterback help you or hurt you? If Mac Jones goes through too many growing pains, they're going to lose more games than they win. If Mac Jones grows and accelerates the way that he did in the preseason, then the Patriots are certainly going to have an opportunity to utilize that defense early and then allow Mac to grow and grow and grow to the point where he can win you some games moving forward down the stretch. So the defense will be the better unit, and they need it to be good. I don't know that it, we can say it's the defining, you know, the defining factor in their success. The quarterback is always the defining factor in your success. How can the quarterback elevate you, or how does the quarterback hurt you? It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. You know, we had a full 90-minute show planned today. We had so many things that we wanted to get to, so now we're just kind of picking off, you know, parts of our show, trying to figure out what are we going to say for the rest of the week at this point. I guess I'll just end with with this thought for the day. I was thinking about this over the weekend. Cam Newton gets released last week. It's certainly jarring to the team. I'm sure there were some players on the team that didn't like it, and there are certainly players on the team that didn't see it coming. I was thinking to myself, if I was Mac Jones, how would I handle things in the locker room after such a big move like that? Would I be talking to guys? Would I get the room's attention? Would I go up individually to guys' lockers? How would I handle things? Jason Campbell, former NFL quarterback, was on our show last week. He said Mac didn't need to do much at all. 
Well, you just kind of let it go. Everything takes care of itself in time. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you had a good relationship with Cam. And this is just the business part of it. This is the NFL. You know, you, you can't control a lot of business decisions that's going to get made. I agree with that. The players know that it's a business. And, and Mac Jones doesn't need to go and speak about business decisions in the locker room with every single player. He, he's, he doesn't need to go deep into this. But if I were Mac Jones, I would have gone up to my offensive teammates and at least given them a sign of confidence. You know, give them a reason to be confident in me. Something small. Hey, Kendrick Bourne, I didn't get to work with you much in the offseason, much in the much in, in preseason games, but hey, let's do this. Hey, Nelson Aguilar, looking forward to finding you downfield this year. Jacoby Myers, looking forward, you know, go up to him. Hey, Jacoby, looking forward to growing with you this season. Something. Okay, Mac Jones, the quarterback, it's a leadership position. I think there was you know, a tumultuous week last week for the organization. I think Mac Jones need to, needs to show some leadership and needs to go to his guys, his new guys, the offensive line, and say, look, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it together. Small, subtle, but necessary, I think. He doesn't need to speak about Cam. He doesn't need to speak about the release, but I do think – going up to guys and giving them, you know, projecting a confidence that allows them to be confident in me. I think that's important. Communication is key. We hear that all the time when we think about NFL teams. We hear about NFL locker rooms. Communication is key. And Mac Jones needs to communicate with his teammates. Hey, we're going to do this. Hey, Trent Brown, we're going to do this. Hey, David Andrews, let's go work on some stuff in the backfield. Again, small, subtle, but necessary. It is important for Mac Jones to take that step. The locker room was in disarray last week. Mac Jones has got to be the guy now to get it centered again, and that's important. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEV Radio. Com. The texter who said the defense was the defining factor of the team says it's a good point when I say it's the quarterback. I appreciate that, Mr. Unnamed or Mrs. Unnamed texter. So that will do it for us today. Again, a short show, not by design, a five-hour bloodbath. Red Sox loss to the Rays today uh, preempted 85% of our show. So, again, the Dave Schultz interview is a Alabama football expert, knows Mac Jones, knows Tua Tagovailoa. He was with us on the podcast channel. Go subscribe to it. Again, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Here's what's coming up now. Dinner Jazz with John Wilson is coming up at 7. ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons at 9. 11 o'clock, we go to the WCAX News at 11. Then we go back into ESPN Radio. So that's the rest of the night here on DEV. As for tomorrow on the Brady Farkas Show, we do have a designed short show, 40 minutes there. And uh, we lead up to... Red Sox raise game two, so we'll get you ready for that. And Bob Sosi, the voice of the Patriots, will be with us for his first talk of the NFL season. He'll be with us every single Tuesday at 545 throughout the Patriots season. Always look forward to catching up with our guy, Bob Sosi. The show brought to you in part by Evan Holstrom Racing. You can find him online at evanholstromracing.com. Evan Holstrom is an 18-year-old race car driver out of Northfield, Vermont. Red Sox lose again by a score of 11-10 to 10 as a result. They're still a half game back of the Yankees in the AL wildcard picture, and they are two and a half up on Seattle. Seattle still has to play tonight against Houston. That game 
goes off in about five minutes. Red Sox giving me nothing good to send you away with, so we'll see you tomorrow on WDEV.